Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to episode number 125 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Trapodi, and I'm joined by Tony Pauline, as always. And obviously, the news of late in the sports world is how it's pretty much been turned upside down by COVID-19, commonly known as coronavirus, over the past week. I've been working from home for about a week now, and only really going outside the grocery shop and walk my dog. But that also seems to be a very New York City-centric type of thing that's going on. Tony, I know you're in Westchester, which isn't too far from the city. How's the whole situation affecting your neighborhood? Um, <laughs> uh, it's kind of insane. I, I mean, you know, I, I have an office from home, which I work from frequently, so that's nothing new to me. But I mean, the fact that my gym is closed kind of drives me nuts because I'm there six days a week. But I mean, besides that, you go to the shopping store, the supermarket, uh, you can't find any paper goods. There's no eggs. I, I mean, people are hoarding stuff ridiculously, uh, which I, I find absolutely out of control. I go, I get, as I said on Twitter yesterday, I got pound, I got pound cake. I got cereal. I, I, I put beer, but I've got plenty of beer here. And, and I get the fruit, you know, and uh, I see if there's maybe some rubbing alcohol there because we could use a bottle here. And uh, But but it's, you know, the, the, you, there's been no chicken uh per se, in any of the meat counters up here for uh, almost a week now. Uh, they're rationing the amount of meat that you can buy because people are just out of control hoarding stuff. I mean, it's, uh, it's insane and it's really uh, bothersome uh, from a, a, variety, a variety points of view. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm able to get chicken down here. I don't know about you, but I mean, pound cake, that's, you know, you're really going after the essentials here and, and making sure you're stocking up on what you need. Especially, especially with the fact that the gym is closed. So uh, it just means instead of running uh, five miles a morning, I got to run seven miles a morning. Uh, but yeah, hey, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into my diet, but, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you do what you got to do. I will finally venture out tomorrow. I really haven't used my car at all the first three days uh, since Sunday, uh, Saturday, really. Uh, so it, it's interesting times, I think. I hope everyone's healthy. I hope everyone gets through this. I hope everyone's dealing with it, Uh, whatever your opinions on the situation are. Obviously, as Chris and I will talk about, it's affected not only the world in general, but this is a podcast about the NFL draft, and it's really affected the uh, NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, we're we're really in unprecedented times here. I mean, we're talking about everything shutting down and stopping, but really the one thing that hasn't stopped with what seems like the rest of the world is NFL free agency. I mean, we've had... Lots of action since Monday's illegal tampering period began, even though teams can't travel to meet with free agents, free agents can't go to team facilities. So it still seems likely that once all that is allowed again and players can take physicals, we may get some failed physicals, overturned agreements, things like that. But I think the league knew that going in when they decided not to postpone free agency. But there were some other measures that the NFL did take, suspending OTAs, and really for purposes of us here, They are not going to allow fans at the draft, which at this moment will stay on schedule. We don't know if that will continue as the weeks move on here. But, Tony, I know the fan part of that 
is at least disappointing to you since I know Pro Football Network had a draft event planned for everything in Vegas. Yeah, a pretty big one at MGM, which I was really looking forward to. Uh, I They had sold a good number of tickets. There were people come, <laughs> ironically, there were people coming from overseas. There were people coming from England uh, for this event. Obviously, the event has been postponed as uh, – you know, with with the change in draft plans, with the fact that Vegas, I believe, is shut down until May 1st. Uh, so obviously, sadly, we're not going to be out there. Uh, but hopefully, as I said earlier, the situation rectifies itself relatively soon. Yeah, and I mean, all that being the case, the draft, as I said, it's still set for April 23rd. But obviously, there's going to be a big change in the coverage of the event. Uh, you know, we're not going to see a lot of things that we've kind of grown accustomed to over the past few years. First things first, Tony. Any idea why the league hasn't pushed the draft back yet? Well, a couple of things. Let's go back to last Sunday uh, when I was at profootballnetwork.com and we did a piece where the word was they were going to push free agency as well as the draft back two weeks. They didn't push free agency back because the NFLPA said, let's get on with it. I think the NFLPA had to and wanted to justify uh, that uh, uh, that. positive vote, that yes vote on the CBA. As far as the draft is concerned, I had said last week, Sunday, that if it wasn't a public event, they would do something where it was a live televised event. And I compared it to what goes on with the Major League Baseball draft, which you can talk about. Uh, And then what happened was later on in the day, the CDC came out with their edict that they suggested that for the next two months or 60 days, whatever it was, no more than 50 people gathered together in one place. And at that point in time, the league realized that this year's draft wasn't going to be a public event unless they wanted to push it back into late May. And I know that they really didn't want to go too much further than two weeks after the scheduled April 23rd date. So that would have meant that according to what the CDC was recommending, they would have had to push it back to late May and then there were no guarantees. So at that point in time, since it wasn't going to be a public event where they could have fans there, which is what they were hoping for with that initial uh, potential two-week delay to keep it in Vegas, when that didn't happen, they're like, you know what? It's going to be a televised event, sort of like the one that I had described. If you listened last week, and one uh, you know you'll talk about uh, as far as uh, c- uh, comparing to a major league baseball draft, you know. Since it's not going to be a public event, since we're going to have to make it a TV event, there's no reason really to push it back any further and then hope that things get better. We all hope that things get better, but not get better to, get better to the point where we're going to be able to get these workouts in. We may change it to where we could have fans there, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times with the MLB draft, the first couple rounds, they do air it on MLB Network, but it's not the same situation where you have players going up and shaking Commissioner Goodell's hand or, you know, Commissioner Manfred in terms of MLB. But you don't have that same you know, player interaction. A lot of these guys getting drafted, they literally get drafted if they're a college player while they're playing in the college World Series. So they might go in between the second and third inning and find out they got drafted. Um, after that, the later rounds, they stream it all on MLB.com. And, you know, that might be something that maybe the NFL should look into a little bit to get people watching as well. Well, it's not just that is, you know, whether it be the NFL draft or the NBA draft or the NHL draft, which is held in a big arena where there's a lots of fans there and there's not just a player interaction, but there is the fan interaction. You know, the Major League Baseball draft, it's up there. Like you said, the players aren't there. The uh, the uh, 
commissioner or whoever it is gets up there and announces the pick at, in front of maybe, what is it, a couple dozen uh, press people, if there's even press people there, and a few other people. So if you ever watch the uh, Major League Baseball draft, which I do just because it's a, it's a draft and I like to see what's going on, don't know anything about the players, uh, you know, there's maybe a couple dozen people there in front of the podium as the uh, commissioner, whoever is announcing the pick, announces it. There's no public there whatsoever. That was the uh, the event that I foresaw when I talked about this on Sunday. So three days, I keep saying last week it was Sunday. Uh, th this whole thing has kind of uh, screwed up my uh, days. Uh, <laughs> that's the event that I foresaw uh, when I spoke about this on Sunday. Uh, and I think what happened was when the NFL realized we're not going to be able to get the fans in there, let's not push it back. That's why they're going to do this sort of thing, uh, you know, uh, on the date that, that it was initially scheduled. Now, it'll be interesting to see how it's done and where it's done. Because, you know, New York is not going to let this sort of, I, let's, this sort of media event happen or a, a, a medium-sized media event happen in the city anytime soon. You know, I can't see it happening in Los Angeles. So it'll be interesting to see what the NFL comes up with and where it's actually held. It could be in the city, but I think it's going to be uh, Roger Goodell going to the podium, announcing the pick. That's it. You know, or announcing a potential trade. You're not going to have any of the teams there. You know, you may have a, a smattering of press at most, uh, but, but it's, it's going to be a very, very small event. The NFL is going to have to get creative this year. Absolutely. And, you know, we're not going to see the handshakes. We're not going to see the green room, live shots in players' homes, things like that. I mean, that's all going to be gone. And it is part of the draft experience that people do enjoy. That's just not going to be there. And this obviously assumes that we don't see it pushed back or anything like that. I mentioned before the suspension of OTAs, but even if those get pushed back or eventually postponed completely, the league still has made it clear that they want to draft within that time period that the CDC has prevented large public gatherings. So while there's always a chance we see something change at this point, it does look like, like the draft is locked in to April 23rd and we don't know what it's really going to look like, where it's going to be. As you said, I mean, the hotels in Vegas, a lot of them are kind of limiting certain things. So it'd be really interesting to see where this all goes. Yeah, well, it's it's not going to be in Vegas. That that's for sure. Hopefully, it's in Vegas next year. It's slated to be in Cleveland next year. Maybe they push that back. I, I know there were big plans this year. You know, there won't be any uh, any cameras in players' homes, like you said. There won't be any green rooms, uh, green room uh, cameras, or anything like that. I, I'm sure what we'll see is after a player is selected, Skype interviews or a Skype reaction. Let's say if the guy, if the player's got his family at the house, uh, something of that sort. Uh, but again, I, I think it's going to be something along the lines of what the Major League Baseball does with their draft. Absolutely. And we're going to get to more information here on how COVID-19 is affecting draft preparation around the league. But first, a word from our sponsor. With most of the sports world on hiatus, you might think online betting would take a hit. But Tony and I are here to tell you that's just not the case. While you're waiting this out at your home, listening with us, to listening to us, I should say, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.com. I know there's no March Madness or any of your favorite pro leagues, but betonline.com still has hundreds of places to wager, including their own online casino with poker and blackjack. And sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts, American Idol, the elections, spelling bees, 
the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. So while most of those aren't actual sports, you can still get in on a piece of the action. Yeah, Chris, they're still fun to be had. So go to betonline.com and use the promo code MYPOD100. That's M-Y-P-O-D 100 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. For our listeners, 50% off with the promo code MYPOD100 at BetOnline, where the fun never ends. And I am a fan of the uh, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. I make sure I watch uh, that. Joey, what's his name? Uh, Joey Chestnut. That, you can bet on him now, Joey Tony. Chestnut. There you go. Joey Chestnut, a real American hero. But, I mean, that guy is uh, that guy's amazing. To eat, that, eat those hot dogs the way he does and be as thin as he is, man, oh, man. You need to really have that great metabolism to, to get all those down. Something like that. Now, obviously, COVID-19 is also affecting pro days here around the league. Last Friday... The prohibited travel, two pro days and official visits for team personnel. Since then, pro days across the country have been canceled, and that's likely going to continue. And obviously, this is going to hurt both the players who will get less exposure in the pre-draft process, possibly some players who can't answer questions that they needed to answer, and also teams who are going to have less information to work with. Tony, how does this affect the overall pre-draft process as a whole? Well, I think it it affects the pre-draft process. And some people say... It, it affects it in a positive way because they're going to go back to the tape. Uh, you know, they're going to rely more on the tape. And you know, some people will say, you know, that's a good thing. And in essence, that is a good thing. But, you know, there are a lot of non-combine players that are going to be really affected by this because those non-combine guys are really reliant on these pro day workouts to get measured, to get timed, to test to do the position drills, I mean, those sorts of things. Uh, the other thing about pro day workouts is it's the one area where coaches can ask for specific drills or specific uh, things of individual players. Unlike the combine, uh, pro day workouts, coaches can ask quarterbacks to throw specific uh, passes that are relative to the offense that they're running. They, defensive coaches can ask for specific drills. Uh, receiver coaches can ask receivers to run specific routes at pro day workouts, again, that are specific or that are relevant to the offense that they run. So it hurts the non-combine players. It hurts the players who did not perform well at the combine. And it hurts the coaches in a sense because they don't get to go – meet these guys, some of them sometimes for the first time, and ask them to, uh, you know, do things that are relevant and specific to the offense or defense that they're running. And you got to remember, when you get into the late rounds of the NFL draft, fifth, sixth, seventh round, especially the sixth and the seventh round, most teams, you know, they want to fill needs, but they are basically drafting guys based on height, weight, and speed. You know, the boards are based on Who's the biggest? Who's the fastest? Uh, who's the most athletic? Because of the fact that, you know, all things being equal, the bigger, faster guy is going to win out 99% of the times. So if you have a player that wasn't invited to the combine, didn't work out at the combine, or worked out poorly at the combine, now all of a sudden he's going to fall down that list of late round selections that where they're looking for height, weight, speed guys. So, you know, it affects not only the pre-draft process, but it's going to have a big effect on the NFL draft, especially in the mid and specifically the later rounds. Now, Tony, as you also reported on Tuesday, there are some SEC scouts that have been telling prospects that they intend to work them out before the draft. 
even though the conference itself has canceled its spring sports seasons and all of its pro days, how is that all going to work? No one knows. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of pushback uh, to that. But SEC area scouts, I've, and I've heard this from a couple of sources, are telling guys, we're going to get you, we're going to try and work you out beforehand. You know, I'm sure that they, they're hoping that the whole situation with the coronavirus is able to figure itself out within the next couple of weeks. Uh, but there are a lot of questions, you know, are they going to work them out in a large setting? Where are they going to work them out? Because a lot of these schools, a lot of these universities have shut down and they don't want anybody on campus. Uh, you know, are these going to be official workouts? Are the teams going to allow the scouts to go work these guys out? Because, you know, the first edict from the team was they were canceling and they were disallowing any air travel. But if scouts could drive to the workouts, they would allow that. Then the pro day workouts were canceled. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of unknown there. I think it's probably also scouts hoping that they get to work these, some of these players out. Like I know the players are hoping, you know, they want to work out. They want to be able to get, they want the opportunity because this is a big job interview. Uh, and I, I, you know, people like you and I would like to see some of these workouts. I think right now it's a hope as far as the details. I, I think, you know, you're going to have to wait and see. I'm sure that if they get the opportunity, they will be working players out. If the opportunity presents himself, they'll work some of these guys out up until the Sunday, Monday before the draft begins. Now, obviously, we talked about a lot of the players who are affected by the lack of pro days. And within that subset of players is somebody like Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, who was relying on his pro day to really prove his health, obviously wasn't able to compete at the combine. Really, for him, he needed to dispel that major question mark around him and his injury history. So what does it mean for somebody like him or also any other players who really need to prove health and other things on the pro day circuit? Well, you know, you hope that they get to work out at some point in time. Now I spoke with to camp yesterday and they told me they have two plans of action. The first plan of action is they go through a workout, which is where, where scouts attend, which is what I talked about before, how SEC, uh, SEC or I should say Southeastern area scouts are saying they're going to work the guys out. The plan is hopefully these workouts take place and Tua will be able to work out. The second plan really didn't want to tell me, but my own feeling from the conversation I had was the plan is if no workout is scheduled, they will film a workout with Tua throwing the ball maybe doing some rollouts, maybe doing some testing. And again, this is my speculation. There's going to be some sort of filmed workout showing that two is healthy. He's close to, be re close to uh, being ready to go. And the fact that showing his skill and, and his ability or his potential throwing the football. First one is, which I was told right out, they hope that the, some workout gets to take place before the draft. Second one, which they didn't want to tell me, and I don't blame them, uh, but my best guess is it's going to be a situation where they plan to film a workout. Remember, I mean, I had posted uh, a, week, a week or so ago, I was told outright, Evan Weaver, the linebacker from Cal, he's going to redo some of his testing from the, uh, from the combine, which he wasn't happy with, the bench press, the vertical jump. He's going to have it filmed, then he's going to put it out there. I think there's going to be a lot of that uh, going on. But I think for a guy like Tua, it's going to garner a lot of interest, you know, because of the injury, because people want to see where he's at. People want to see what he can do. So uh, that is what I was told with Tua. What I, that's what I was told outright with Tua. And that is my best guess connecting the dots. 
And it's kind of funny you mentioned the film workouts because uh, if you remember before this whole coronavirus thing came about and, and everything was getting canceled, rescheduled, what have you, <laughs> Derek Brown posted a video after people were disappointed in his three cone drill. He just posted a video on Twitter of him running the three cone and, you know, had people like try to guess the time and stuff like that in the comments of it. And the funny thing is that was like a joke at the time, but that actually might be serious business moving forward. I mean, within the, if if nothing happens, nothing opens up, you know, by the uh, the middle or beginning of April or beginning of April, it looks like nothing's going to change from where we sit today. I could absolutely see that happening. Now, as I alluded to earlier, the NFL has also put a stop to official visits as well. We're going to dive more into that for you in just a moment here after a word from our sponsor. Here at the Draft Analyst, we're super excited to work with True Classic Tees because style is changing, formal wear is out, and the t-shirt is in. And that was true even before many of us were stuck inside for this foreseeable future. Based in LA, True Classic Tees is a t-shirt company that's on the rise. Their t-shirts are fitted and soft. They hold up in the wash and they're incredibly versatile. You could wear them out, you can wear them to work out, or you can wear them around the house. And as Chris mentioned, it sounds like we'll be doing a lot more of that very soon. And the best part about these t-shirts, they are incredibly cheap. Gone are the days of paying $30 for a t-shirt. True Classic Tees are only $15, and now you can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com and use our code BLEAV at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Again, go to trueclassictees.com and use our code believe BLEAV to get your 20% discount. Now, we talk often on this show about how the Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl, the Combine are really events that teams use to speak with players and interview them and avoid using their official 30 visits on these players so that they can save them for other prospects. Now, obviously, with everything that's going on here, that's just not the case right now. But these visits still carry a ton of importance, even when things are done earlier in the process. Why is that? And what might teams do to replace these canceled visits. Yeah, and, and they are important. That's why the league has them. That's why the league also clamps down on the number of visits. You, you know, why are they important? Well, you're more in a one-on-one -on -one, uh, sort of interview for a longer period of time. The, uh, the combine interviews are, are basically regulated just 15 minutes. You could have a guy there for hours upon hours. Oftentimes, they'll take the guy out to dinner the night before. You know, you do a lot of whiteboard work, especially with the uh, with the quarterbacks and the receivers as well. You know, they'll, they'll set up film. They'll, they'll go through film work with them. They'll do whiteboard with them. And, of course, they will do the exams, which are incredibly important. What might teams do to replace them? Well, they'll probably do Skype interviews, which they do now any, anyway. I mean, because Skype interviews are a good sort of replacement for the interviews. I'm sure they'll be able to do some sort of whiteboard work or film work with the players while they're on Skype. Not going to be able to do the physical exams, which is really important. Uh, but I, I'm sure there'll be more and more Skype interviews, which have taken place the past couple of years since the invention of Skype, you know, to get around that official 30 visit for players that you are, uh, you know, you may have an interest in selecting in the mid to late rounds. Now, there have been some suggestions of replacing those physical exams you mentioned with virtual exams, and a lot of people are pointing to virtual doctor's appointments as replacements for these physicals. Tony, are any of these options plausible? No, not at all. I, I mean, first of all, 
uh, an NFL exam, an NFL combine type of exam is nothing like any of us are, are used to. And it certainly can't be done uh, in a uh, virtual sort of circumstance because what they're looking at, they're looking at ligaments, they're looking at joints. There are situations where they're pulling down on, on leg uh, joints to test the integrity of knees. You know, and, and these these exams are very intense. I mean, I remember reporting a story from the Combine around 2004, 2005, where Northeastern had a tight end by the name of Brian Mandeville. He was really the first sort of Rob Gronkowski type of tight end, 6'3", 260 pounds, played the tight end position like a receiver. He was going to be one of the highest rated players that year in the draft. It was, uh, I believe it was, two, it was 2009. I'm sorry, 2009. Um, and what happened was during a combine medical, a doctor did a simple stethoscope exam on Mandeville, thought he heard something, and sent him for additional tests. And it turned out that Mandeville had this sort of congenital defect where if he took the wrong type of concussive concussion blow, collision blow on his chest, he could have died instantly. And what happened was Mandeville had to retire. He never played football again. I broke the story. I was working at, at SI.com. And I'm going into that because you won't be able to do that sort of exam on a player who did not attend the combine via a virtual exam. You've got to do it one-on-one -on -one in person. So, that, so the physical exams are something that's, uh, that, that's going to be the most important and the most missed opportunity, I would say, of those uh, official 30 visits. And if a guy, a player, has an injury history and he wasn't at the combine, uh, he's probably going to be red flagged more this year than in years past. Yeah, because you're going to have a, an increased level of risk there, like I mentioned before, with free agents taking physicals months after. I mean, at least you can tear up that contract if they don't pass a physical. You don't get your draft pick back if you you know, take a fourth or fifth round flyer on a guy who had some injury issues and isn't going to be able to pass your physical. That's a blown pick. You can't tear anything up. So as you said, I mean, that increased risks, at least you know, to risk adverse teams, is going to lead them to probably dropping some players on their board. And what they're looking at with a lot of these exams are, will a guy be able to sign a second contract? If a guy can't sign a second contract, he's really going to fall down draft boards. Well, if you know a guy missed time in college with a knee injury or whatever injury, and you don't know if he's going to, to uh, make it to the second contract, or you can't basically guesstimate, if you will, or, or, or have an opinion if he's going to make it to a second contract because you weren't able to examine him, that's going to throw up an additional red flag. Now, others have suggested that NFL teams should reach out to schools to get their medical records, which in theory sounds like a great idea to replace the physical exams, but is that something that could actually work in practice? I think it would be difficult to work uh, or difficult to pull off. Obviously, there are HIPAA rules. Maybe people can sign waiver to, waivers to those HIPAA rules. But again, from my point of view, and I've talked about this before, these colleges, a lot of times these colleges let these players or put these players on the field with injuries uh, where, where they shouldn't be on the field. And these guys and colleges let these players play injured where if it was in the NFL, they're not, be, they're not being put on the field. Lucas Yang with the hip uh, labrum, the story that we broke at Pro Football uh, Network, uh, basically missed half the season. 
there was talk that he really shouldn't have played this year because that hip labrum, he, he should have been told about it earlier on and had the surgery earlier on. I remember Jason Verrett, uh, the cornerback from um, TCU, also, also from TCU, was told he had a sprained shoulder. Turned out he had a torn labrum in his shoulder. Didn't, wasn't, didn't get the uh, surgery until after the combine. Really set him back. So point being is, I don't know if the schools would really want to release some of this medical information because there could potentially be some things in there that could embarrass them. Absolutely. And I mean, normally at this time of year, we're talking about these type of visits, trying to kind of connect the dots and figure out which teams are interested in which players. And now what we have to discuss is that the visits are obviously being canceled. Tony, what are some of the big name visits as far as top prospects in the draft or players that are going to play a key role in determining certain things during the draft that you're hearing won't be visiting with teams as previously planned? Yeah, I know. Jerry Judy was scheduled to make a top 30 or an official 30 visit to the New York Jets, a team that obviously is a receiver needy team. At the time of this recording, they still haven't done anything with Robbie Anderson, even though they've, they've addressed the line of free agency. So there is a chance they could go receiver early in round one with that, or with their pick in, for, in round one, I should say. And Judy was one of the guys that they wanted to bring in. Again, an underclassman. Granted, they got to see him, or probably got to see him and examine him at the combine, but you want to bring an underclassman in one more time. Jets had the visit, 30, official 30 visit set with uh, Jerry Judy. Not going to happen. Baylor receiver Denzel Mims, who was motoring up draft boards, he had visits with the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots that had to be canceled. Now, that's not as important because Mims got to perform and speak with those teams at both the Senior Bowl and the Combine. But still, you know, you want to sit down with Denzel Mims. You want to go over some whiteboard. You want to do some film work, which you can do at those during those official 30 visits. Patriots and the Colts are not going to have that chance with Mims. The New York Giants, a team that is really in need of a center, they were set to bring Keith Ishmael in for a visit. That's not going to happen. Ezra Cleveland, who we ha- we've had on this uh, show in the past, a guy who's, again, like uh, Denzel Mims, is moving up draft boards, he was set to make uh, official 30 visits to see, uh, among some teams, the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the San Diego Chargers, teams that would like to get a left tackle in there or a younger left tackle in there or get somebody in there to compete at the left tackle spot who may also be able to play the guard position. Ezra Cleveland now isn't going to be able to visit the Cleveland Browns or the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Kansas City Chiefs or the San Diego Chargers because of what's going on. And again, you know, like Jerry Judy, Cleveland's an underclassman didn't get to play at the senior ball like Denzel Mims or Keith Ishmael. So, you know, it would have probably been a, a bit more of an investigative, a bit more of a, a thorough uh, one-on-one meeting with Ezra Cleveland than it was with those other guys. Yeah. And I mean, you even want to compare Ezra Cleveland to Jerry Judy. I mean, Judy is a guy who's been kind of at the top of receiver draft boards since the beginning of the year. So he's not sneaking up on anybody. Now, obviously Ezra Cleveland didn't sneak up on us. As you said, we had him on the show. You know, he was a guy that we were kind of out in front on in terms of, he then went on to blow up the combine and then everybody was like, Oh, Ezra Cleveland. I mean, a late riser like that, a guy who hasn't been getting that same level of attention as someone like Jerry Judy, the pre-draft process is so huge for him, and especially those visits, because these teams may not have been doing as much research on a player like Cleveland as they were on a player like Judy, assuming obviously they have needs at those positions. So that really hurts a guy like Ezra Cleveland and probably makes teams a little reticent, even if they shouldn't be, 
of making the pick without actually getting to bring him in. Well, I'll disagree with you in the sense that I think they were doing work on him. But the thing is this, and you, you do bring up a good point. I mean, your left tackle position, uh, you, you got to really get it between the ears. I mean, after quarterback, you got to be, you know, they look for a guy of high intelligence to play that left tackle position. Uh, because there's so much going on because you don't have a tight end uh, next to you most of the time to help you out. And you got to pick up blitzes. You got, you got to be able to read the defense. So I, I think that one-on-one, I think Ezra Cleveland's going to be fine because I, he is a sharp kid. I did get to uh, sit down with him. I, I had dinner with him after his workout at the combine and he, he's a sharp kid. He's a witty kid. Uh, and he gets it, but still, you know, you want to be able to go through, do some whiteboard, uh, work you want to watch some film with Ezra Cleveland you know you want to kind of see if you could trip him up or see how he responds to something like that so yeah I I mean you know now doesn't mean that Ezra Cleveland's not going to be taken early I still think he's going to be taking the bottom of round one but I think there's obviously more risk uh, you know for a team or there may be more questions uh, which they'll be able to do during Skype interviews but they're not going to be able to do as thorough a job and that's it for the 125th episode of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. We'll be back again next week to bring you more of the latest on everything surrounding the NFL draft, what we're hearing, any further changes due to the COVID-19 outbreak, and any other pertinent information surrounding the event. Until then, on behalf of Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi. Stay safe, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.